Welcome to The Money Show. It is time for Kevin Derman now, who is the Chief Executive at Cascade Cloud, our How It Works feature this evening. And how does the cloud work? What is the cloud? Where is the cloud? I don't know anything about the cloud. Let's find out about the cloud. What is the cloud, Kevin Derman? Hi, good evening, Bruce, and great to be joining you this evening. Um, it's a, a very uh, interesting question to say, what is the cloud? Uh, I think the, the best way of putting it uh, is it's uh, somebody else's computer because there, there is a computer on the other side somewhere. Um, and most of us think of it as the oh, internet. Now, Kevin, uh, Kevin, we've been let down you're by... utilizing technology through the internet. And that could, could be... <laughs> We're being let down by the internet this evening. You're a little bit bitty this evening, ah. but uh, hopefully your line holds up. But essentially, it's it's a place where a computer is. It's in the same way as you might have a hard drive on your desk or you might have a hard drive in your laptop. That is your computer's storage facility. If you work within a company uh, five years ago, your company may have had a mainframe and that would have had lots of storage and you would have stored all your stuff, uh, your data on that particular storage facility. All that's happening now is that there is a connection to another computer somewhere else that is doing that job. That's uh, that's correct. I think you can kind of sum it up on the simple level as that. And of course, there's different kinds of t- cloud technology, but uh, the basis of it is that. Okay, so what is the purpose of the cloud? I mean, what is wrong with my own laptop storage facility? What is wrong with um, having a, a hard backup, a, a tetrabyte of, of my own private hard drive that I back my computer up to religiously and put that hard drive in, in the safe at home? Why would I bother putting anything that I have in the cloud? So the the... The basic thing is, I think you've got to look at it in a consumer perspective and you've got to look at it also from a business perspective. So if you're a business and you've got servers that are in a back server room or a small company even under their desk, or if you're an enterprise and you've got your data center, you're limited by what you've got. So you've got that certain amount and as your business grows, whether you get more people on or more customers, so you're going to need to buy more and more hardware. And that business might go through three years of great growth or um, it might get a lot of people on during that time. So you need to continue to buy in order to scale up and then you might might need to decrease it. Uh, maybe you hit a, a slump at some period of time and now you've got all this excess capacity that you put in. So the real benefit of the cloud is this um, as a service consumption. So it's, it's, it's really a consumption economy that we've moved into where people want to pay for what they're using. Um, if we're hitting a Black Friday sale, we want to have all the computing power that we need for that particular day so that we can scale up to a, a massive amount of servers. And then the next day, we must be able to shut it all down and stop paying for it. Um, on a consumer basis, um, it provides us with great ability. I mean, most of the technology that, that we've been talking about, most of the technology that we're using today um, is only there because of cloud. So if you think about how we're communicating on video conferencing, if you think about social media, um, the way we're sharing information about COVID-19, all of that is through cloud technology.
Okay, so basically the cloud is a mega computer that we could never afford for ourselves. It is flexible um, in that we can expand or contract the the amount of storage that we need. uh, And that flexibility then gives us far greater options within managing our business. And I suppose uh, the, the cost of computing power has decreased so much in recent years that it actually makes sense to outsource rather than insource, if that's not the incorrect terminology, this particular service. No, that's, that it is correct. And so it's, it's not only that the cost of computing power has gone down over the years, but also that we're dealing with hyperscale. Hyperscale clouds are companies like Amazon Web Services, like Microsoft Azure, Google Cloud, etc., where the the scale of these data centers that they have all over the world is hundreds and thousands of servers. So because they're buying them in that huge amount, it really drives the pricing for that compute power um, really to, to low levels. How do I know where my stuff is? I mean, it's hard enough for me to compute <laughs> um, when I save a Word document onto my own laptop that it's inside the laptop. Well, it's not. It's on a it's on a drive on the laptop. If I save it to the company's server, well, then I kind of have an idea. It's in the room just behind where the nerd sits. Um, now, it yes. can be absolutely mm. blimmin' anywhere. And I think we're coming to terms with the fact that it doesn't matter where it is. But for... Those of us who are slightly more old school, I'd like to have an address, please, where the information is so I can go and fetch it if I need to. You want to go visit your data. <laughs> yes, uh, so. well, you know, you want to make sure that it's okay. It's like anybody who has, who's, who's got gold <laughs> coins, for example, might want to go to the safety deposit box occasionally and like Fagan pull them out from underneath the, the floorboards and count them and feel them in their hands. Or have we moved beyond that level of insecurity of the internet? Yeah, I think it depends on your maturity um, on how you've been dealing with the cloud and how long you've been dealing with the cloud. Um, When somebody asks me that question of where is it sitting, I I say, well, does it matter? Wouldn't you rather just be able to access your data from anywhere than really wonder where it's sitting? What we are able to do um, these days is is tell you, obviously, the country that it's sitting in. So that's a good start. You can decide whether you want um, your data sitting in Ireland or whether you want it sitting in the UK or whether you want it sitting uh, in Cape Town for example. But um, to actually go and, and be able to say, well, I want to know exactly where it is on what particular server, then you go for a different type of cloud. You go for um, a private cloud, for example. Okay. And uh, a, pro- a private cloud, you, cloud, you'll be able to um, actually have know that your servers are in a section of a data center. They're cordoned off. It's your physical server and you can go and visit it if you really want to. Why would I do that? Why would I go for a private cloud? Under what sort of circumstances would a private cloud suit a particular purpose? Well, I think if you were very, very concerned about the data, if it was incredibly um, sensitive data and uh, you wanted to make sure that nobody could get to that um, except you, uh, then you might want to go for that. So some um, businesses are very... I suppose, guarded around that type of thing. Um, Although when you are on the public cloud um, and you could be sharing a server with somebody else, there are these virtual private cloud networks where the information is cordoned off. You're not seeing anybody else's information and it is very secure. Um, So it's really just a, a maturity 
um, level. Um, most companies nowadays are actually realizing that the security levels around public cloud are quite sufficient and are actually very stringent. So um, it's safe enough to, to be in public cloud and not be concerned of which server in particular is your physical server. Why might jurisdiction matter? Why might it matter that I have my data in Ireland or the United Kingdom or in Cape Town? Um, why does that? Why might that matter? Well, there are certain um, industries, uh, financial industries, for is a good example, where um, there's compliance issues, um, where data sovereignty, which is a, a term that's been bandied around for a couple of years with uh, Poppy coming into effect, and GDPR, that was also um, a big thing of you had to be have your data in a GDPR-compliant country so that they knew that the, the, the data was treated in a certain way. So, uh, for example, there's been uh, many companies who have been um, holding back on utilizing the, the hyperscale public cloud providers like Microsoft and Amazon Web Services until the data centers landed in South Africa. And uh, those two in particular have landed in South Africa and now they, they're moving um, into them um, quite happily. But a lot of it is actually due to a misunderstanding of the laws and uh, you can have your data in other countries provided you know that those countries have the laws and legislations that abide to your particular industry. Um, when when it comes down to it, then I mean, you look at Amazon; they built they've got like an eight story office, don't they? I mean, they've got this huge building in Cape Town, um, where mm. the, the physical presence seems to be important. And you talk about maturity a lot. You talk about our own stage of evolution when it comes to treating the cloud. But clearly, um, for many people and for many companies and for many regulators, that physical presence is important. So uh, I think the physical presence is important, but when you speak about the building um, in, in Cape Town, um, that's not the the data center. It's a highly it's a highly guarded <laughs> secret as to where that data center is, and there's not one data center for um, Amazon Web Services in Cape Town. There's actually three, so they have what's called a region, and the region is consists of three separate data centers that have to be 25 kilometers apart from each other with separate power separate cooling, etc. So nobody knows exactly where they are, so you can't go and visit your data over there. But what is in country from that is the support uh, criteria. And actually, what many people don't know, um, Amazon's main service, which is called EC2, which is the, the servers themselves, was developed in Cape Town. Um, so the, the basic or the base of uh, Amazon Web Services is a service that was developed in Cape Town from uh, just before 2006, actually. Okay, well, that's, I mean, again, we, we often hear just how advanced South Africa is from a tech perspective and how effective, um, particularly Cape Town, has become as a hub uh, for global fintech and for other technology. But what you're telling me is so much of what we take for granted as we log onto our phones and onto our laptops and as we have our Zoom meetings and our webinars and we, um, we go onto Microsoft Teams or whatever the platform is. I haven't used the same platform more than twice in the last two months, and I've done a lot of this stuff because everybody's trying out new platforms. None of the stuff would actually be possible if it wasn't for the massive computing power that is enabled by using the cloud. 
That's that's correct. I think um, we take so much of it for granted that it is there, but that's a good thing in a way because where the moment you start taking uh, something like computing power for granted that it is available to you, it really frees up the IT departments in companies to focus on other things. So they start now, instead of saying, well, I need to manage a server and I need to make sure that it's patched and it's secure, um, they can let these hyperscale public cloud providers take care of that. And they can start focusing on real technology that adds competitive advantage to that company. So really start thinking about their digitization process, thinking about how can they um, enable their business from an e-commerce perspective, for example, if they haven't done that already. Um, they can start looking at machine learning and artificial intelligence. Maybe it's the internet of things, but bring those new technologies to the business instead of focusing on storage and on networking and on compute power. There's so much more that you can do with, with the cloud and that's where IT departments should be focused. Could you explain to me where, if I'm in the Apple um, environment, where my videos are? Because I put them, they're on my phone, I can see them. <laughs> but I want to play my videos and my phone then goes, wom, 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 and it has to go off to some remote location in Idaho or somewhere to go and fetch my video, which is just not the same as the day I filmed it. And that's annoying. It's not the same as, as in it's, it's slower or... Well, uh, yeah, I'm just bored. Uh, by the time it's downloaded, I've forgotten why I was looking for it in the first place. Um, forgotten why you're looking it, for it, yes. It, it, it strikes me that so, this is, it, it's wonderful but imperfect in terms of rapid recall, yes. getting stuff on demand. Yeah. Bruce, so that's why um, the point that you made about location is quite important. So... If you're a provider of media, for example, and you are um, putting out videos to that particular environment, you could take Netflix as a, as a good example on that. You make use of things called CDNs, which are content delivery networks. And they, if you uh, imagine it, it's a, a location within a country where once somebody accesses it, so for example, I decide I'm going to be watching the latest uh, Game of Thrones movie and um, I will, I'm sitting in South Africa, I decide I'm going to watch this. It will pull it down from a server that's sitting in, um, let's say, the, the United States, for example, bring it through to uh, Johannesburg, and it's in this content delivery network in Johannesburg. Then the next person who accesses it, it's quick. It's right there. It's immediate. So they are bringing in technology like that for things that are um, data intensive like videos, etc. So it really depends on the service that you're using and whether they've designed it um, appropriately so that you can access these things very quickly. I think they are to get me. That's what I think. Kevin Durbin, thank you so much. <laughs> he is the founder of Cascade Digital. Fascinating insights into the world of cloud.